755 is real is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. Checking out is a breeze on the Game Time app. Once you've pinpointed seats you want, simply click the listing and check out. It's that simple. Use the Game Time two-step checkout next time you're looking for great deals on tickets. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome to Seven Fifty Five is Real, new episode, off-season edition, and uh, I'm with Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever out in Seattle. What's up, Eric? What's up, Dave? Not much, man. We got a very special guest on today's episode continue our recent run of stellar accompaniment on the show here um before i name him you not you guys know him as the former two sport high school star from parkview high way back in the day in gwinnett county an all-state d-back had a football scholarship to clemson but opted to sign with the hometown braves when they took him in the first round in 02 Marquee member of the uh, 2005 Baby Braves, Sports Illustrated cover boy, before finishing third in the Rookie of the Year balloting that year, despite being called up after the 4th of July. How about that? Played only 70 games as a rookie, but, made, uh, but was the uh, finished third in Rookie of the Year balloting. So if you're too young to remember all that, in which case I hate you, then you probably know him as the popular former Brave who returned to play for Atlanta in 16, one last time after spending five and a half years with the Mets, Rangers, Royals, Giants, Padres, and Phillies, as well as almost an entire season in 14 with the AAA El Paso Chihuahuas, the Padres PCL team. So, finished 16, he finished that 16th season with the Marlins before retiring as a player. And a year later, he was back with the Braves in a broadcast booth. Ladies and gents, without further ado, Jeff Francoeur, a.k.a. Frenchie. What's up, Frenchie? Yeah, I'm going to take you with me everywhere I go to introduce <laughs> you. That's perfect. <laughs> uh, good to be on with you, too. Thank you for having me. Now the main TV analyst for the Braves, a man who appears to be in better shape now at 35 than he did at the end of his playing career. Am I right, Frenchie? <laughs> Well, yeah, when, you, when your wife tells you you can broadcast, the only one rule is you can't look like Chip Carey. You don't get too heavy, then you got to wow. start doing something. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Just throw a little shade at not. Chip, Chip, Chip lost 30 pounds this year. So I made him, we worked out together and uh, no, I feel good. And it's been a, it's been something that I've uh, enjoyed doing. And, you know, it's always fun when you get to live at home and also announce for your hometown team. It's a pretty good little deal. Yeah. And in, in, in your one year as the main analyst, do you feel like you've made up a lot of ground on uh, on Smolsey? <laughs> you know, you know, what's funny is I, I still give Smolsey crap because he actually called me the day game one of the World Series to ask me about some of the Nats players. And I'm like, what if I want to answer the phone? What were you going to do? Like, was that your research? You know, but, uh, 
you know, uh, I had a lot of fun and, um, you know, looking forward to, to doing it again next year. And honestly, going through the postseason, you know, I was able to do uh, the NLDS and yeah. LCS with TBS. And learning how to research and do some of that, honestly, has is, is got me really excited about this next season and being able to, you know, improve to what I do. Hey, if the Braves had made the NLCS, would you have still, would they have still had you do it? Yeah, yeah, that's what killed me is I actually found out I was doing the NLCS wow. uh, during during game three of the NLDS. Oh, man. And so we were all excited, you know, the Braves go up 2-1, and I'm thinking, yeah. oh, this is great. I'm going to get to come home, sleep in my own bed. And then, of yeah. course, we all know what happened. So that yeah, we'll get happen. to that in a minute, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, how, how's the offseason going so far? You got family vacation time and all that yet? Yeah, yeah. We were actually just down at the beach for 10 days for um, for uh, Thanksgiving. And we always hang around here during Christmas. And then January, me and uh, the wife here are going to Cabo for four days, just the two of us, just to get the heck out of town. So it's been a good off season, just hanging and golfing with Mac now that he's fully retired. Mac, it's still hard for me to process that, that Mac is retired, man. He will be missed. Yeah, I, I tell you, he will be missed, but he he will not miss playing. I don't think. <laughs> people think so. I, he is uh, he's look listen after after you know he's a good buddy with you know O two Eric and you know as well as I do after catching for fifteen years, man, he's looking forward to some downtime. That body's done. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need to say. I agree. That's that body's it. done. It's done. It's been done. Frenchie, Eric and I, while we're on the subject of the Astros, uh, we weren't, but I'll make it that. We, uh, we've we talked a lot about the the, the sign stealing thing. Did, did BMAC take that hard, man? He, he has to probably uh, feel bad that, you know, that he's even associated with that in any way. I mean, because I know that ain't him. Well, I tell you this, you know, he doesn't, it's not comfortable and he doesn't even want to talk about it. You right, know, and so right. you just yeah, kind of leave it alone, but it's, I'll tell you what, man, when, when you really dig into it, you know, let it all play out. But there's some disturbing stuff on there. I'll tell you that. Oh, I, I know. mean, there, there's some things that, you know, I never minded a guy, you know, if, if you know, Eric's pitching and I'm sitting on second and I can yeah. get his signs, I can get his exactly. grip. Absolutely, man. Take advantage. That's you being dumb. But when yeah. you're doing some other stuff that they yeah. did, you know, and, and what I can't understand, I guess this is what's crazy is, did they never, when you're going through it, did you never think that like, you know, a guy was going to like what happened fires in, in Oakland, yeah, a guy was exactly. going to get paid and go to the other team and exactly. be like, okay, I'm not going to let them do this to me. Yeah. <laughs> so or I, coach get fired or anything, man. Yeah. yeah. But so, I, I, that, so many loose ends to, to do that. That's one of those things where you're not going to let it happen to your team, but you don't ever expect somebody to come out publicly and say it. You know, I, I was surprised he just came straight out and said it like that. Well, because most of the time it'd be agree. like, you tell you tell your team, you know, this is what they do. But to come out in public and say it, I, that doesn't happen much. Even I mean, teams have been doing no, this stuff right. for a while and, too. And, and that you're you're right, oh, and that. But I think the one thing is like in this day and age, yeah. you know as well as I do, when you have twenty five guys in the clubhouse, all it takes is one guy to be pissed off to come out. And yes, say it. well, and, yeah, and that's what happens. You and better make sure and I agree. every I, person leaves I happy and then all the Instagram accounts and all that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It takes one thing. And now, you know, like I said, it's, you know, Beltron, all these other guys. I mean, guys, it's, yeah. you know, he's a manager now and he's probably going to be dragged into the middle of this thing. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, listen, man, we've t- we talked about what the penalties should be because they're going to be severe. 
But in my case, what I, I, and Eric and I both agree, I think agreed on this. I, you know, you look at what the Braves did and it was bad, but it was what other teams have done for years and years. The Braves just did it more gratuitously with the cheating with the free agent, 16, 17 year olds, cutting corners, cheating, that kind of thing. It's been done by some of the best teams in baseball for years. The Braves just did it so blatantly and so often. They got, and copy caught. Did, they got yeah. caught. They pissed off other teams and they were ready to snitch on copy and heart. But they that what they did might affect games five, six years from now if those players make it to the majors and are impactful players. What the Astros did directly affected the outcome of a lot of games. I think they should get oh, yeah. as penalties as bad as the Braves got at least. Oh, I, I think it should be worse than that. Yeah, if, if everything comes out and it's lost the draft pick, I think he big fines. I, I think he I think Manfred's gotta drop the hammer more than He's ever done yeah, before in this situation because if not, you, you're opening it up. You know, I, I'm still the type of guy. You know, when you look at just the way that the punishment of baseball, I I think we're one of the easiest sports personally with punishments. You know, I I don't yeah. think it's stiff enough sometimes on different things. And you know, everybody's got yeah, their opinion, agreed. but when it comes to something, when it comes to something like that, you know, to me, you got to get hit and you got to get hit hard. And, and because otherwise you, you still can, there's other teams that might, okay, well, if they can get away yeah. with it and only get this. Why can't we do it? You know? And so yeah. I, I think you open up a whole thing. That's why I said, I think they they got to come down they got to come down hard. Yeah. It's got to be tough enough where you just, you can't risk it. You know, it's got to yeah. be such Absolutely. a tough penalty that you don't even think about doing it. You know, if you're another team, it, you got to set an be- example. It's got to be like the, you know, what they did with Pete Rose. People after that realize, oh, I can't gamble. Jesus, if I ever thought I could get in the Hall well, of Fame or whatever. What I was, I was going to say, you don't want ever want to get to the gambling part, but it, it, it gets to that scenario where when you look at what's, I mean, if Toppy can get banned from baseball for right. doing what we he did, well, yeah, and then cover well, him, you know, about, I mean, yeah. this, this, but that's my point. If, if, <laughs> yeah. if people lie about this or stay behind it, yeah. and they find out that's in the category of it, you know, of its own. Really, it's never been done before in, in our game. And it's hard. And, and I mean, and you can't sit there and say you didn't know what was going on when we can all see the videos and hear the drum, you know, hear the trash can being banged on. It's so obvious. But um, yeah, and it can't just be fines because, like you said. If it's just fines, then the Astros more than made up the money by winning yeah. oh, for God. these last years, and it was worth the risk. You know it's well, got to be lost in draft picks and a lot of it. And who knows, yeah. man? You can't do postseason bans. I, I, I think I, th- I think I think fines are so stupid when you talk about it. Sometimes yeah. it, it's just there's because, so much money involved. So you, with the player. Well, that's what I'm saying. Teams you could you could find Jim Crane five million. He can stroke that exactly. <laughs> that's, all, that yeah. is, that's water. Yeah. All under that seat so. cushions. Twelve dollars. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. got to be lost. It's got to be multiple draft picks for a long time. You got to hit the team. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You got to hit the team, not financially, but but from a standpoint of like you said, draft picks, different stuff like that, signings. Yeah, no doubt. Um, first off, before we get on, on on to anything else, I since this is an immediate, it happened yesterday. I wanted to ask you, what did you think of the Braves' decision to non-tender Charlie Culberson on Monday, making him a free agent? Tough call, in your opinion. What is this a surprise to you at all? You know. It, I, I really didn't even think about it until I've seen kind of the last week some some chatter about him possibly getting non-tender. Yeah. And, you know, from a personal thing, and I think, you know, Eric, you can say this too with all the guys. 
it hurts because everybody loves Charlie. He's one of the most likable guys in baseball. All he does is do everything he's supposed to do. You know, look, man, he could have for two months early this season. He honestly, to me, had a, he yeah. could have came out and said, why the heck yeah. am I not getting more playing time? Or yes. at least getting a start here and there. Never did it. Never complained. Always in the dugout. Always. So from that standpoint, it hurts. I think you have to wait and see where the Braves go with this. And that's what I, I've always said. I think, you know, as, as you've gone on this, you know, roller coaster more. And for me, you know, you, you said it, I was on quite a few different teams from trades, um, you know, picked up at the deadline to different things. You have to give it a little bit to see where this goes. But like you said, now, if, if it comes to February, March and we're hurting on the bench and we don't yeah. have that type of guy. Now I think we can look back and say, what, what, what are we doing here guys? You know, right. like you said, for a couple million dollars, what are we doing now? You end up making a trade. You bring a guy like Charlie over with another pitch or something. Now you can kind of say, okay, I, I understand it might not be popular because everybody right. loved Charlie, but right. at the same time, it's going to benefit the team. So I said, I think you got to wait and see. I know it hurts right now, but you know, I think you got to give Alex the benefit of the doubt to see where he's going to go with this. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I thought at first they were just bluffing, trying to get him to take a, a lesser deal, because a lot of times, you're right. You know, leading into um, arbitration, they'll offer you, you know, a guy that's kind of borderline. They're not oh, sure yeah. about. They'll say, "How about one point two five? Are we non-tender you?" And I thought it was more of that thing. Yep. You know, it kind of yep. caught me off guard. But another thing I was thinking about is he hasn't got back in the box since he got hit in the face. Um, so I mean, you know, I hate that side of it, but you gotta when you're trying to project who he's gonna be next year, you gotta kind of wonder just as much how he's how long it's going to take him to get comfortable in the box and everything again. And Jeff, you got hit in the face. How long did it take you to, to just like feel good and comfortable in the box again after that? Uh, 16 years. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You never, you listen, that feeling. And I, I, you know, I had talked to, I, that, that night it happened. I went and saw Charlie in his hotel room talk. And, um, you know, one of those things that, you know, cause he knew what had happened to me. And I said, you're going to have to get back in that box one way or another. And yeah. I think the one thing when you look at Charlie, though, the type of player he is, he's, you know, a grinder, dirt ball. I think he'll be okay once he gets back in. Now, like I said, there's going to be, hey, listen, the first time that ball comes high up and in, it's going to it's gonna scare the ever-living crap out of him. Yeah. But I think at the same time, I think he can, you know, get through that. And I agree with you, O. I, I, think, I think at the end of the day, they – they probably, you know, did what you said. Will you take this? If not, you know, we're thinking about non-tendering you. And I yeah, think right. if you look at it from my standpoint, I think a guy like Charlie, you know, might say, you know what? Some other team will probably give me this money. And I think some team will. Yeah, I think they some will. team will I pick Charlie up. And, and, and I wouldn't even be surprised between us to see Charlie get like a two-year, four or five million dollar right. deal. You yeah, know, right. a multi-year deal from a team to be that guy after what he's done for two years in Atlanta. So, you know, like I said, I think you got to wait and see what they're going to do. But at the same time, you know, I, I think, you know, Charlie will be just fine. He, he's the type of player that he'll come back and do what he's supposed to do. Unfortunately, I don't think it helps the way it season ended with him with, you know, he hasn't been back in the box yet. And the next team just has to You're assume right. that he's going to be fine. You know, yeah, yeah that, that sucks that it ended like that for him. But anyway, um, yeah, I just think uh, it's it's a significant loss in the clubhouse, obviously. Uh, on the field, I mean, he struggled his last few months here, but I think part of that was probably, like you said, I mean, he started like five games, I think, total in the first four months of the season. It was crazy. After starting, you know, yeah. 
50 some the year before. And I think that was the big thing. Listen, you, you can ride that streak for a while, you know, and, and he yeah. did, you know, for a couple months, he was, you know, darn good at not playing, getting a pinch hit. But when you talk right. about six months, right. eventually you're going to get cold in a season and you're not going to feel good. And then when you're not getting ABs, it's yeah, going to take you a long time to get out of it. And that's what happened. You know, I, I his defense wasn't that. sharp either. His defense didn't look as no, sharp either. And I, he wasn't out there. And I believe right. that Charlie, if you give him 200, 250 at bats, you know, yeah. 200 at bats, you know, I think, I think he can be very helpful for a team. Um, Jeff, I got to ask you, you mentioned uh, watching the, the division series and you would have covered the, uh, you would have called the LCS. Um, so did you get to see the Braves, the Braves games? Uh, or you just watch the highlights or read about them or whatever? Because I see you sometimes after the game and I saw how close you still are to the team and how excited you get after big wins and tough losses take a little harder than your average broadcaster might. How tough was it for you to see that division series loss, how it ended for the Braves with them having so many chances in game four and then just melting in game five in that first inning? That's the one that bothered me was game four because yeah. game five, anything can happen, man. You you play the Marlins right. against the, 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 you know, Astros, you can win one game. It doesn't right. matter. Yeah. So it's game four that really bothered me, but game five was tough. You know, we were actually down in Dave Roberts office, uh, myself and Ernie oh, Johnson. Man. Of course, Ernie's a huge Braves fan too, you know? Yeah. And yeah. we were down in Dave Roberts office because you get 10, 15 minutes, you know, just with the manager each day uh-huh. during the postseason, And literally we saw the first seven runs scored and we were talking <laughs> baseball today, but all three of us, even Dave was, cause you know, Dave Roberts loves Brian Snicker. He's a huge yeah. Smith fan. Yeah. And we just, all three were just like, it was like a bad dream. Right. And then by the time we got back up to the press box in L- in LA, it was 10, nothing. And I was like, what in the world? And it yeah. just, I think it just – I really thought this was the year between us that we had a good enough team to, to at yeah. least make it past the first round. I, I right. thought they were – you know, years past, I could have said, we're not better than that team, you know, or we're, yeah. we're, we're the same kind of – we were a lot better than the Cardinals. And I, I remember after game three, and this isn't a knock on the Cardinals, I actually thought Mike Schilt and those guys overachieved this year. I really did. Yeah. I thought they had an unbelievable year for the talent they had and some of the injuries, but – I remember after game three, when the, when the Nats took a three Oh lead, I took my headset off and looked at Brian Anderson and Ron Darling. Cause you know, they did the, the Braves series. And I remember saying, and how did the Cardinals beat the Braves now? in the five game series? Am I missing <laughs> yeah. something? Yeah. yeah. And I think that was, exactly. I think that was the toughest part. I think that was the toughest part was realizing that, you know, I think the Braves and Nats would have been a great NLC. Oh yeah. And we just, we never got, we just never got to see it. So you're like, Alex Sandopoulos said, you know, last year when the Braves lost to the Dodgers, uh, the Dodgers were deeper and better than the Braves, but this time they lost a series. Absolutely. He said it was harder because they really believed they should have won and they could have won with just another hit here or there. Or maybe if they don't lose a key reliever while warming up in game one, not to mention, you know, if Freddie had been healthy and so on and so on. That was my big thing. If Freddie's healthy, that series is different. And I know oh, it can yeah. because if he's healthy – they win that series. I just look back and I think the one thing I hate about the playoffs between us is that you, you can do things for 162 games a year. And then all of a sudden you can do things different in the playoffs. And I understand there's different scenarios where guys are going to go in, but 
you know, I think you look back and you, you just think that as good as all the information is sometimes, you know, sometimes you can get too much information. I truly believe in that in playoff games, you can overthink yourselves and uh-huh. you can have all this different stuff. I look back, I had a love to just seeing Max Freed throw the last four innings of game one. I really would yeah, yeah, yeah. love to see him just keep yeah. going because in a playoff game, you win one game, that's one game. And if you have to eliminate Max Freed for game two or even game four, yeah. you wouldn't have had to eliminate him for game four. But the fact of the matter is, if you do that, okay, but you're still up one nothing. You have that one win under your belt. And I think that's so big in the playoffs. And I think that's something that, you know, hopefully they can take that next year and, and learn from it. Yeah. You know, when Chris Martin got hurt, you know, in in hindsight, it was uh, changed the whole series in a way. But Eric and I both thought that initially we thought, you know, oh, this might not be so bad because we we were thinking they might be able to use free the way the the, the Brewers use hater. Yeah, but yeah. that became really obvious in a hurry that Snit wasn't going to do that with free. He was going to protect him and and uh, and not have him go deep, like you just said. And so that that backfired on him in a, in a, really quick. Well, he was he gassed out too. He he wasn't used to yeah. going back to back days yeah. and stuff like that. And that's something that I didn't really consider was he didn't have yeah. time to build up to that role. Yeah, you're right. Because um, yeah. you know most guys come to the playoffs and do that. They've been doing it during the season, like Andrew Miller or Hader. Uh, the first couple times you go back to back, man. I mean, it it takes a little extra time. So that was something I didn't really consider, but that definitely caught up with him because you saw him. I think it was Game Four. He just he just didn't quite look right. You know, he was he was having trouble throwing strikes and stuff. And Velo was down too. But I mean, yeah, that that definitely hurt, hurt losing Martin. Well, yeah, no, that, it did. But I still thought we were a good enough team. Where oh even yeah, if we lost the one guy like Martin. That yeah, for be, sure. I I still look back and I remember in Game Five. So we're down 10 nothing, right? And we uh, we go down, myself and Ari Johnson, to talk to um, Dave Martinez. And so it's like the third inning of the Braves game, you know, and we had 10 minutes with him. And I'm walking back in, and Scherzer actually called me over. He's like, Frenchie, let me ask you a question. How in the hell do you not throw Mike Soroka two games exactly. in a five-game yeah. series? I said that. And I said that from the get-go. Yeah. I Eric did. Eric was, like, really leery of doing the uh, – the, uh, Paying so much deference to the home road splits. Eric I, I just think the playoffs is a different atmosphere, different animal to begin with. Like, you don't know how he's going to pitch home or road in the playoffs, but you got to have him no, throw two games. No, you don't. And, and quite frankly, as you look at his home stats, okay, so he had a 3 9. Well, hell, that's not really good. And it was, and it was, blown, up by, what he, it was blown up by three starts, too. I mean, it wasn't like every start. Absolutely, he was, but you know, the yeah. fact of the matter is, you, you, you lose with your best guys and you lose with your best pitching and. I, I still think, God, you know, and Fulte had an incredible game too. Yeah. And he had an incredible run at the end of the season. But at yeah. the same time, you know, he had struggled at times really for four months, four and a half months through the year. And as good as he was in game two, we all knew that possibility was there in game five. Yeah. I think we all felt like even if Mike Soroka threw game five, say he had his worst outing, we still felt like, okay, yeah. maybe he gives You're up four it. runs in five or six yeah. innings and you have a chance. You know, that yeah. game, we just never had a chance. Yeah, and Keiko, yeah. you know, he, he had pitched really well for a while, but he didn't go into the postseason on a good run at all. So, you know, you couldn't feel like he was just going to flip a switch and become Dallas Keiko, uh, Cy Young Award winner again. And it didn't happen. No, and I felt like, yeah, and I felt like Dallas, the one thing as the season went on, I felt like we never saw the two-seamer be sharp. And I think that really hurt him. I don't think guys ever really started going for that pitch. If anything, right. he was more effective 
on the lefties with that pitch running it in, but the righties, he never saw them dive on that pitch anymore. And I think when that happened, you know, the changeup wasn't as effective and, and guys, you, you could tell guys were a lot more comfortable um, at the plate against them than they were even early when he came over. Yeah. I just, I, I told Dave, I, I think that, you know, trying to throw 88 with sink in the, in today's game is just a high wire act, you know, that can kind of, it could fall apart at any moment and, and just sinkers in general now aren't the way guys are swinging under the ball and up at the ball and everything. It, you have to have your best one or you're really in trouble. You know, it's, it's, it's a tougher time. It's, it's more about the four seamers and the curveballs right now. So it might not have just been, you know, the best, the best combination to pitch in, in that this type of game that we're playing today, you know? And I like that, oh, because that's the one thing I think when I when we got Keiko, I was excited. Obviously, you love the innings, love having the name, love having the guy. But if you look at what wins in the postseason these days, it's power pitching. It's guys yeah. that can yeah. that can strike guys out. Strasburg, Scherzer, Cole, Verlander. Look who it was. And you look, Grinky really had a bad postseason until Game Seven. And yep. on Game Seven, if you go yeah. back and look as what you just said, all his pitches were on. He was yeah. he was painting well, you every have to corner. Be. Gotta be locked. Cha- and that's and that's my point. So you look at it. If Grinky wasn't locked, go back to game three of the World Series. He wasn't locked. He got hit around. He was out in four innings. You know, I think the Yankees pounded him twice, maybe, or at least at least once, because when you throw ninety, ninety one, if you're not hitting your spots, you're gonna get whacked, especially in the postseason when guys lock in even more than they do during the regular season. Yeah. Yeah. So Unless you got Soroka's sinker. At it, you know, if you That's got his exactly. type of sinker, the even, power sinker, I mean, but he still has to dot and, up and he doesn't miss. He does, but you even look at Mike, he's still able to get back to 94, 95 and yeah. then tank sometimes when he needs to. And, and Dallas doesn't, Dallas didn't have that ability. Right, yeah. right. Hey, there was some good, speaking of Bumgarner, um, there was some, Kenny Rosenthal has some really good numbers on him today in a story wrote. I mean, a lot of people have kind of say he's not the old Bumgarner and all that, but there were a lot of encouraging trends for Bumgarner this year. Fastball was back up again, fastest spinner by like four or five years, his average fastball. Uh, most of his trends were really solid. So I think if the Braves can get him for a reasonable amount, that would be the guy to me that he could uh, he could be the bell cow on that rotation and talk, and another guy who's t- just the kind of tenacity and been there done that toughness that I think would be a really good uh, uh, example for those young guys Soroka and Freed and those guys. You well, know what's I nice about him? Guys, go ahead, Jeff. Go go ahead. Uh, what are you going to say? I was just going to say what's nice about him is that angle isn't going to age and that that's kind of his strength no. is right. across his body throwing throwing that angle at him, right. you know, cuz the way he throws, his angle's not going to get old. Um that that's kind of his best You're absolutely right. and all that. And he's durable. That's what I love is it, it? Yes. And it's like to me you're not signing him for 6 years, you know. I, right. I think he knows that. Two or three. I, I know Madison, Two or three. I think I think you give him three years, and I think you're going to get you, you're I think you're going to get a couple really good years from him here in Atlanta. I still think he's in his prime for another two or three years, um, like like where he can really really do it. You look, he's been hurt one year in his career, and it wasn't even it's baseball fluky. related. It was fluky injuries. It was yeah. self inflicted exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> so you look at it, and not and not to mention this guy is built to win. He's built to be a workhorse. We all saw what he did in the World Series in four. His postseason numbers you know, are think, off the charts. They're John Stoltz like. And I you think know? and I think what o, I think what Eric said is a great thing yeah. is that that arm angle you don't see it. 
And yeah. so when you see it all of a sudden and it's 91, 92, maybe it's not 94, 95, like it was, but Madison never, if you go back and look, it's not he's like never he thrown up hard. in 97, you know, I feel like he's always, he's always thrown 92. Been, yeah. That's yeah. That's where saying. the fastball was, was back up there this year. He would juice it up every once in a while to 93, 94, but that's, that's where he lived. It was 91, 92 coming across the body with that cutter, the slow slider curveball, And then, the one thing that separates him from other lefties is he's able to throw that two seam, not even a two seam, might even be a four seam, but whatever he can control that outside part of the plate with righties with the, when he's got that going on, he's almost unhittable. You, cause you're thinking in and out. It's, it's so hard. And that's, that has been the number one guy that I've wanted. And I know he lives in North Carolina and, and he has been really wanting to get back out and play on the East coast. And now that, you know, Gabe Kapler is the manager out there in San Fran. Yeah. Uh, I think I have a feeling he's not going back there just between us. Oh, they got beef. They're not. Hey, they're not giving the money. They're not giving anybody the money either. I mean, you look at what they just did. They, they non-tendered Pilar. He was the most popular guy on the team and, but the only guy that did anything last year. So yeah, I think they're throwing in the towel for a couple of years. Yeah. And you, you got to look at what would what would it do to re, revitalize him, not just to get back to the East Coast, maybe have friends, family get to watch him pitch, but to get back in a postseason after the little absence here with the uh, Giants. He got used to that going to the World Series. You know he'd be jacked up getting in the postseason again with the Braves. Yeah, and and for him, that's what that's what it comes down to. I hey, look, I you know, I, I've talked to him. I, I've known him a little bit. He's not looking for the most money in the world. He wants to be paid. Fair, which I think is totally fair for a guy that like him and what he's done and yeah. be compensated and be able to go out there and pitch. And I think if the Braves do come with a very nice offer, I think that's the guy. And I think that's the guy we need. I think that's the guy that can put you over the top. Not only that, you know what he does, man? And I know we've got great crowds, but he puts he puts butts in the seats, man. Yeah. When he pitches, people want to come see. And, yeah. you know, I, I think that's one thing that's great. We need that guy. We need a personality like that on the pitching. And I yeah. think he would only help Freed and these other young pitchers with with the mental part of it, how to think about right. getting through a game. And I think that would be huge. You think they get him? I'd say what? I, I think there's a good opportunity. I really do. I, I think, yeah. you know, talking to Alex some and talking to those guys, they know they need that. If 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 we're going to take that next step, and, and I like what they've done this year, signing some of the guys we've already signed, I really like that step. But if you're going to do that, you got to take – that one giant step. And to me, that's getting a frontline guy to pair with Soroka. And now you have a one, two that, you know what, I'll go match him up with anybody you want and take my chances. What was the, uh, what was the most encouraging aspect for you, Frenchie of the team's performance this year? Eric and I've talked about this. To me, it, it was Soroka's emergence as a bona fide ace after, you know, finish after the shoulder problems as a rookie. Uh, and then the way Ozzy answered the skeptics like that's- myself. After that second half fall, fall off in 18 this year, I mean, he showed. He's end-to-end impact player, man. Yeah, that was my big one was was Ozzie. Um, you know, yeah. uh, Mike, yes, I, I agree. I actually, I know something about I had felt like Mike was going to take that step. I, I always thought Mike was good. God, you saw him in the minor leagues. I thought yeah. my big one was Ozzie, too, because you saw him in 18, and I thought, man, he had a, a bad, bad second half. And I yeah. thought, is this a guy that – is going to be able to make the adjustments, that high leg kick, and do it. 
And uh-huh. I think it's huge because now I think you can plug Ozzy into that five hole this year. That's where I'd like to see him fall into uh-huh. um, with a switch hitter. I'd love to see. I, I think it was encouraging to see Dansby break out and then come yeah. back the last week of the season in the playoffs and do what he did. Because I yeah. love the idea of having Ronald Dansby one, two. And then I love the idea of being able to put Ozzy in that five hole where he can switch it. And listen, people are give me a five hole hitter that hits 20, 22 home runs and can hit 280, 290, run the bases like him, yeah. that, that is, yeah. that, that's tough to find. So that's what I'm saying. I think we have it right here in Ozzy, and I thought that was a huge step forward for what he's going to make and what I think yeah. he's becoming. Wow. Yeah, yeah. that's going to look like a great deal for the Braves. Yeah, oh, maybe, maybe the best deal we've <laughs> Honestly, ever? maybe one of the best deals we've ever had. Yeah, like, yeah, like three, or four, uh, three or four years from now, I think it's going to be almost embarrassingly good for the Braves. They might yeah. have to. Yeah, I do too. Might yeah. have to re up a little bit. He's young too. He's going to be like 25, and he's going to be. He would be creeping on free agency, and he's making like four mil. I know. <laughs> I know. But you know what? He's he he's. I, I think we all love the way he plays. He plays with his hair on fire, and I love it. Yeah. There's not a team that has two guys signed long term to anything. I mean, I just close. long that long period, much less to those type of contracts. They're going to be paying. Him and uh, him and and Acuna well below what the Nats are paying one guy in their outfield for the next decade. You know, every You're right. year. You're right, and it's. Man, I, I said it when that happened last year. I, I thought those were great contracts for the Braves, and I think it's two two kids that are going to push each other. And, yeah. and I just, I, I think, I think Ronald. Hope my hope is that Ronald learned a lot this past year from a standpoint of how to play the game. Yeah how to run, how to do different things. You know, when people ask me about Ronald Soto, Juan Soto, I tell people all the time, I, I will take Ronald any day of the week. My one complaint was if you watch Soto, he runs every right. time. Right. He runs all the time. And that's my one thing I want to see with Ronald. And that's it. I mean, just just run. You do that, yep. and you, you'll take this game by storm, and you'll be the Mike Trout of the National League. Mm-hmm. Just just run. That's all I ask of Everything else you love about the kid is intangibles, the way he is in the clubhouse, yeah. you know, the, the way he has fun. You love it. You just want to see that one part come, and hopefully that happens this year. It will. Eric and I talked about that, yeah, too. We don't care. Pimp every home run you want. Just make sure they go in the stands, 100% sure, it, and just run. Just run every time. Well, That's now, it. Do the rest whatever you want to thing, do. The, the, the home run he hit versus St. Louis in game one, the second one, or the, the, the he only hit one home run, but the, the second, the home run, that was a bomb. You knew that's gone. 450 right. feet. Right. Do whatever you want. But the other one, like, come on, you got to know that's not gone. You got to run there. You got to know that ball's <laughs> not gone. Not the opposite field, not right down the line, you know? Yeah. So that, that was my big thing. Like you said, I got no problem. You, you hit him and, and, and he, he knows when he's got it and when he doesn't. And so it's just, just be smarter with that. And, Look, by opening day next year, ain't no no one's even going to be talking about that. We want to see yeah. what he's done and what he can do, and that's why I said he'll have a clean slate. Go out there and and yeah. be the be the MVP type guy that we think he can be. If, you know, he's going to run just to not ever have to talk about it again or have it be a thing. You which know, is, like which you know what? And I agree. That's if anything, hopefully that's the motivation. I don't want to answer questions anymore. Yeah, about why I just don't want to deal with this shit anymore. I'm yeah, just well, you you would have thought the Dodger thing did that. You know, get him bench during that Dodger game but and then you can say you know they went back to the regular balls in the postseason because Springer got caught doing the same thing nevertheless you got to be a hundred 
percent sure it's going, especially in the postseason, man, that it's going exactly. in the stands. That, that's my big thing. You know, look, the regular season, it happened to L.A. You know, it's happened to everybody at some point. I, I'll be the first to tell you, I, I've hit a ball and hadn't ran out before, and, you know, yeah. the ball gets overthrown. You look like a fool, but I don't want it to happen again. So it always has happened, I think, one time to everybody. But like you said, I don't – you never see it happen in the postseason. And, th- and that's why, you know, you do go back. You look at the one with Springer. That was a yeah. huge deal. It was yeah. a huge deal and a huge moment in that game, and it cost them. Yeah, we talked about this with Chipper, man. It was like nobody wants to rein in what uh, Acuna's doing and, and, and get him to – you know, because that enthusiasm, that energy, you, you do not want to mess with that. I want it all. I want yeah. it all. Absolutely. So you just you just want to see him grow out of, you know, mature a little bit as far as just the little things here and there. Because like Chipper said, this game will get you, man. There's gonna be payback. There's gonna always be somebody that's offended when you do those things. So just know that that you're gonna get thrown at occasionally if you you know, if you do the things you do and then go with it. Now, that's part of the part of what you yeah, do. Yeah, and and I and I do believe it. And like you said, hopefully he's learned from that because I I do believe if he if he runs the way that Ozzy runs all the time right he'll right. be the second best player in baseball behind Mike Trout I, I truly yeah. do believe that if he runs the way that yeah. Ozzy runs and plays he'll be the second best player behind Mike Trout yeah can you imagine I mean Ozzy he gets he maximizes his talent man and he's all got a lot time. of talent absolutely he yeah. does he does but he gets the most out of it uh, you alluded to the moves that the Braves have made this year so far. Um, they struck early for the second year in a row. They did that. They, they signed the biggest guy. Uh, one of the big guys that were first to do it last year was JD early for a different reason. But this year they signed Will Smith, the uh, first of the top 20 or so free agents to sign when they get that three year, $40 million deal and then made it pretty apparent the direction they're going when they signed Chris Martin later to later the same day, two years, 14 million. So they're obviously, uh, and then tender Sean, Shane Green when everybody thought, well, he, he's, they're not tendering him. And Alex has said all along, I don't know where people are getting that. We're, we want them back. And then Luke Jackson, same thing. They're obviously intent on not letting what happened this year a few times happen again with the bullpen. They are not going to get caught with their pants down as far as the bullpen. Where last year they went in with Vizcaino and Mentor as the closers. This year you go in with two guys who were all-star closers last year, plus Melanson who once led the league in saves, plus Chris Martin who's done a little thing, a little bit, who's occasionally closed. Uh, O'Day has closing experience. Luke Jackson was a closer for a while last year. I mean, you are loaded in the pen if these guys stay healthy. Well, you are, and you know what I love is you know when you have a good team is when you go to spring training and it's like. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no competition in the bullpen. We know our steps. Right. Yeah. Going, right? <laughs> that's, that's when, that's when you know you have a good team. And hey, listen, you know, is one of those guys going to get banged up at some point? Yeah. But what I like is when you have that much depth down there. Now, hopefully, you get a guy like we said, Bumgarner and those types. Now, when you have Soroka and those guys, you hope they go seven, eight innings and give that bullpen a rest. Right. On the other side, now is now yeah. if, if Fulty, you know, comes back, yes. he can give you five. All you're telling him is give me five yep. innings of, of the best you got. And they got and, and if you get the lead, I'll take care I'll take care of the next four innings, you know, and you yeah. can win that way. So that's why I think they're doing a good job of building that and how they want it because, I mean, you, you just do not see – this is the first year I can remember in forever that you had a team win the World Series with a suspect bullpen. But right. – 
you look at Washington, what they did was what did they do? They won the games at Scherzer and Strasburg pitch and that really the bullpen, the only guys they used was Hudson and Doolittle. And, and yeah. so, you know, and Corbin through throwing right. down there, who's a starter. So you need a bullpen to win and you need a yep. bullpen for a full year. And I love the idea of the options we have. And, and I, when people are talking about non-tender chain green, I thought, well, that's, I mean, you're not going to give away a guy like that. No, yeah. I'm sorry. You know, not, yeah. not for what he's made. If he was making 12, 14 million. Okay. Maybe right. That's a different right. Story. But you know, you have another guy that has the experience uh, of closing in the American league and doing that. So, you know, I, I love the move so far. Like I said, my, my one big, I'm, I want to see us go get a starter. And if we yeah. do that, no matter what happens at third base, I feel like you have a team that can go out there and, and, you know, and, and defend the national league East and, and hopefully farther. And this is obviously the first time the Braves have ever spent on a bullpen. I mean, they pieced together some great bullpens way back in the day in 2002. That bullpen was historically good because everybody on it had a had a career year and Smoltzy like had 55 saves or whatever. But and then, yeah. and then obviously the Oventral trio, but that was just three guys. I mean, and then you had Moylan in there, but you didn't have the depth that you have with these. We were making like these. a million too total. Yeah. Three of us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're talking yeah, now. No You're talking now. Well, you signed- the games. Go ahead. Yeah, the games change. No, yeah. the games. The games change, and you have to adapt. And I think you look at it that Alex has done a good job of doing that. You know, we look at what did we struggle with. So, how many times, Dave, did you go in the locker room and have to ask Brian Snicker, yeah. "Well, should you have done this in the seventh, yeah. this in the eighth? Yeah. When you have it set up like this, you know what? You put those guys out there. Yeah, And then at the end of the day, if they blow one, you say, you know what, I ain't worried because I know they're going to go back and get it tomorrow. You couldn't say that this year. You, right. you couldn't. And right. that was the frustrating thing, you know, is, is you felt. But you feel like with this – and that's one thing. I think Alex realizes the whole Donaldson thing we've talked about, that, that someone's going to give him stupid money. And, yeah. and, and you know what, he had a great year last year. But yeah. I think he realizes, you know what, if we're not going to get him, we need a top, top, top-notch bullpen, one of the best in baseball – and I think that's what he's done. And I think yeah. that's a smart move at this point. I think, you know, you can't wait around to see what Josh is going to do eventually because Smith, yeah. those guys would have been gone. And so I, I like the moves that he's made. Yeah. They, uh, now you've got, there were so many days last year where he had to rest two or three guys and you were down to crossing your fingers and hoping that your starter gave you, you know, more than four or five innings, because if not, you were going to thrust guys into the roles that they just were not equipped to handle at that point. Now you've got, you got like five, six guys who can handle any role in that bullpen, including the ninth inning if they need to. And and we haven't even mentioned like Jacob Webb, a guy that Eric O'Flaherty just loved last year before he got hurt. He's a fearless rookie. You throw him in there, and then all of a sudden, you now you have the depth that if Sean Newcomb looks good in the spring when they want to let him get stretched out and try starting again, Sean Newcomb as a, a you know back into your back bottom half of your rotation. That's pretty impressive if he's uh, if he's pitching well. Well, that's the big thing is you look at the team, they have options now. And that's something that for a long time, I felt like this was the first year that we felt like we had options in different scenarios, except the bullpen. And I think that's why it's nice to finally, you know, get the bullpen. I I think, you know, and Eric joked about it, you know, making a million dollars, those three guys, the the hard, I think the hardest thing to do as a manager is run a bullpen. I've never, I mean, how many times have you ever here? How many times do you ever hear a, a team go, man, our, our our manager knows how to run a bullpen? That's like the one knock yeah. on every manager. They're overusing him. They're doing this. And I think with this, hopefully, 
Snit won't have to overuse some of these guys. If Chris yes. Martin pitches two days in a row, you ain't pitching today. And right. You might not pitch tomorrow, but we have that opportunity because right. if we got the lead in the seventh, we can go to this guy. We can go yeah. to that guy. And guys that you trust to throw out there, not just guys that you're flipping a coin, hoping that yes. they got it today. That, exactly. ain't, that ain't where it's at anymore. You don't perform. You're not going to be here. And I think that's a great, great problem to have. Yeah, I think it's a reflection of of how much cheaper it is to build relatively cheaper. I mean, these guys are making good money, but to build a top shelf bullpen than to add multiple top starters. The Braves still need to go get one starter, but if they didn't build this bullpen, they'd need to go get two good starters. And I think they can get away with going to get one good one now because you can get, like you said, if you can get four or five innings some nights out of these other guys, you'll be you should be fine as long as these relievers stay healthy. Absolutely. And that's why I think, you know, they look at it that way. And it's like, hey, if Josh comes back down, the price comes down and we got a chance. Great. But if not, at least we know from this standpoint, we're going into spring training with our bullpen. For the most part, our rotation, knowing who they are. That's a good feeling when you're a manager and you can now in spring training, Snick can map out. I'm just getting these guys ready for the season. I'm not looking for a guy to win a job. Yeah. I yes. just, man, I just can't, I, I, I feel like nukes the key to the whole puzzle, man. Uh, I don't understand how he's not a two or three starter with his stuff. <laughs> when I watch yeah. him, I'm like, man, this guy, if it yeah. ever clicks, if he ever puts it together, you're looking at a lefty throwing 95 with a hammer curveball. Uh, I just, I don't, he's still I, pretty I, young I, too. Yeah. And I think they're making a really smart move. I think they got to give him every shot to, to be a part of that rotation. And, and yeah, obviously the way the bullpen's stacking up, it looks like they are. So Man, I mean, I think that he could be a huge difference maker, too, if he just puts it together. Well, and I think he's excited. I think he understands yeah. the opportunity for him. I actually actually went down to the stadium. I had to pick something up yesterday, and I saw he was in the weight room down there uh, yesterday Good. lifting, which I thought was a great sign. You see him working. I think I think he's confident in himself again. I think he lost a lot of confidence. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, when, when he got taken out, went down there, and I think slowly this past year he built it back up. And I think now after watching film, different stuff, he's like, wow, I'm, I'm pretty darn good. I got yeah. really good stuff. He's so and, good. And I think, uh, yes. And I think hopefully for him mentally, he was able to kind of, you know, straighten some things out last year. And now hopefully he realizes the opportunity he has. And like you said, I mean, this was a guy that we traded Simmons for, you know, yeah. that, that's how, yeah. how, how excited everybody was about him. And, you know, hopefully he comes back, and like you said, he does that. That, that as you said, that that really changes things. As Luke, everything. As Luke Jackson says of him, uh, he's like Gronkowski throwing lightning bolts from the heavens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a except he's a he's big. Hosting, people don't realize. He's not, except, except he's not hosting parties on South Beach, but you know that's another story. <laughs> people don't realize how big Newcomb is, though, because he's so proportionate. He that dude, that dude's a he's a massive man. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, I I never I he, my knock against Nuke was I always said I felt like you could go up and punch him in the face and he wouldn't do anything. Yeah, so actually you. it was funny because that that whole game in Miami this year, when yeah, he, when he smoked the fire extinguisher, <laughs> no one was more excited than me. I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, I was fired up. I was like, I'm glad to see him get pissed off. Thank you. That's what I've been dying to see. You know. Yeah. And it actually I thought was a funny story. I mean, when you really think about it, it was that was actually well, that's great. When you go through 162 games, you need a few games like that where something like that happens. And I mean, that was, that was awesome. 
Yeah, we were saying, you know, that's the type of thing that actually turns things around for you when a team's struggling because it's yep. just so ridiculous. Everybody's they laughing. They better after that, too. Yeah, you forget how bad you've you been right. sucking because you just <laughs> laugh. You finally yeah. – it's one of those things you can't help but laugh at no matter how bad things are going. Absolutely. You're, walk, you're walking up the stairs and there's a fire extinguisher what going the hell? off everywhere after you lose a game. And the like, smoke just what filled the whole tunnel and the, and the, uh, the whole yeah. concourse there, the whole hallway. All right, this is wrong. Well, I don't know. I don't know if a lot of people knew, but you know, after the game, the second bus. I don't know if you ever heard what happened, yeah, but yeah. something <laughs> fell on the corridor and it put a flat tire into the bus, and they had to end up getting like seven Ubers for the coaching staff. So I'm like, I was actually at the hotel having a drink, and Snick comes back and tells me, and I'm like, get the hell away from me. I don't. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen tonight? It was a sign. <laughs> it was a sign posted, a pole. It fell yeah. and speared, speared the tire. It was crazy, man. And which, which <laughs> you know, God, how how thick are those bus tires? I mean, that thing had to hit it hard to spear that. So I'm like, <laughs> that's just not a night where you're going to win a baseball yeah. game. <laughs> so the Braves have already committed about $120 million to players for next <clears throat> season. They still need a third baseman, a frontline starter. Well, maybe need a third baseman, depending on what, you know, like you said, um, maybe an outfielder. I mean, they still got some, they got some needs. I don't see them filling those needs without going to about 150 million to start the season. Unless, you know, they fill at least one of those needs by trading some prospects, perhaps one of their own significant salaries. They, uh, you know, maybe, 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 maybe Alex has got some more surprises because you just don't know with that guy, man. I mean, who makes a move that nobody saw coming like Will Smith? Uh, maybe he trades an Ender in Ciarte. Who knows? And brings in another. I, I, I'm just trying to figure out what he's going to do to fill all the needs. And, 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 and maybe it's time the payroll does go up a little bit. What do you think, Frenchie? I, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see the payroll go up some. I really wouldn't because I, I think they're, they're, making, you know, they're, they're making some money. The things yeah. are going well. And I, I, think, I think even Liberty Media, who, who – God, they've been more outspoken the last two years than they've ever yeah, been. Just, they have just been. from stuff in the paper coming around. And I, I quite frankly get the feeling that, they, you know what, I think they want to win a World Series. Yeah, I think they're they kind of like, care. you know what? I think they care now. Let's, yeah. let's, I do, because I think they realize they have a good team and they got a good yeah. product and they got a good field and they got a beautiful area. And I think that they're not scared to let that payroll go up a little bit. And I think, you know, I think offensively, you know, yeah, there's some holes. I, I do think that Pache. Uh, I, I would expect him in May between uh -huh. us to be playing center field. I, I really do. I think he's going to, I think he's going to get the opportunity to go down to, to AAA for the first month and see, you know, just, just play a little bit, see what happens. Obviously uh -huh. the super two stuff never, never hurts, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> you know, right. doing some of that, but, but just to get him down there, see what happens. And if he's doing anything, you know, I, I think you'll see him in center field because I, I, I do know that they want to move Ronald to right. It's his natural position. Yeah. You know, I think he's a great right fielder with his arm. I think also that'll save his leg some from him having to, you know, because he's going to play every day. He's 20, you know, he's 22 years old. He's going to be out there every day. Yeah. So I think that helps save his legs a little bit. So, and it's you know, arm I, I wouldn't there, mind. Man. Yeah, absolutely. He's got a, I mean, he's got an unbelievable arm. So I think he slots in there and they really want to be able to slot him over there. So I think a lot's going to depend. They'll see what happens, whether they package Ender or whether Ender comes down to, to camp and gets an opportunity. I will tell you this, you know, before Ender got hurt, he was actually playing pretty darn good for those two weeks. I, yeah, I, he I did. saw a guy yeah. that I, I saw a guy that started to swing the bat, like, you know, with some authority um, again. So, you know, I, I, like I said, I think, 
there's a lot of good that that's going to come from this. I, I just feel, like I said, I think I'd love to see us get that one starter. I, I think you get that. I think you get yourself a lot of different options yeah. for, you know, filling in different positions. You know, I definitely thought, um, you know, Moustakis was an opportunity, but there's another thing, you know, look good for him. He got a nice deal with Cincinnati, Finally. Yeah. but I, you know, I exactly. And he deserved it. And so, you know, Hey, listen, if Moustakis was going to get a two year deal, I think the Braves would have been in on it, but at four years, you know, yeah. I, I don't think that really fit what they wanted to do. Uh, so I'm fine with that. But like you said, there's still other guys out there for one year that you can bring in at five, six, seven, eight million to me yeah. that can do a pretty darn good job. Yeah. Moustakis people don't really, at the end of a four-year deal, will be still younger than what JD at the end of a two-year deal. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's a good part uh, for his swing. They, uh, and, and that's what I said. It, it really, it really fits him well, and I think he'll do great there. I, I think he, yeah, I do too. You know, he'll hit 30, 35, and play play good for they that got, team. They got, they're going to have a decent little team, I think. Man, the Reds are putting together some. They, if they go get another starting just, pitcher. Well, that's their biggest thing is they're just in a tough division, man. You know, with yeah. the Cardinals, Cubs, yeah. the way the Brewers have yeah. played, you know, you, you got to go out there and you got to yeah. put some money and compete. If not, and I give Cincinnati this, they have, they've signed some guys, they've taken chances on guys and spent a little money. So that, I think that's a team that's going to be interesting to keep an eye on. The, uh, yeah, I think the best thing that can happen, just getting back to Ender for, for the Braves, is if Ender has the rare good April because he usually starts so slow. But, man, if he could restore some trade value, he's still got a nice team-friendly contract if he's producing like he's capable of. No, for sure. I mean, he's look, he's, 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 he's got every opportunity. You know, we all saw what he did years ago, yeah. um, a couple years ago. And, 200 and so hits, like, three yeah, gloves. And, and I – and, and the great thing is you're not, ex- you're not asking him to hit lead off anymore. You know, you're no. asking him probably I, to play, I, play gold glove defense and hit eight. So, you know, even at that's not, if, you know, I've said it, if, if he, if he can get even close to the player that he was, or I thought the player that we saw for two weeks before he got hurt, I'd love to have him in center field batting eight. And then that gives you opportunities to put Nick in left, the ball in left platoon. Yeah. That's a fine. I'm fine with that platoon yeah. in left field. Yeah, it could so, work. So I think for sure. That's what I'm saying. I think you give yourself, and then at that point, you know, after a month, month or two, if Pache is doing really good, that stuff plays itself out. We've yeah. all seen how that goes. Someone in the outfield can separate himself. Say, I'm getting everyday opportunity, and and we've seen how that plays out. So I, I think they've done a good job of not getting a big contract and handy, you know, handcuffing themselves, able to do something. There's options. Yeah. So I mean, do do you think? they would or should go with Camargo as the third baseman and hope Riley gets ready at some point early. I, I just don't think no. Alex is ready. Well, is well wants to do that. I don't think he's going to do that to start the season. I, I know. I don't, I, I, don't I don't, I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to do that. I, right. I, like I said, I think there's guys out there that yeah. you can, you could even trade for guys that you can sign for a one year, six, seven, that give you yeah. that opportunity to let, um, you know, the chips fall where they may. And, and yeah. if Riley gets going, I, I and I think that's a big key in this whole thing is, is going to be Riley. Uh, you know, that was the guy I think yeah, that everybody I was know. expecting I know. is going to be our third base. And I, I had no, at no point have I given up on him. It just, when you're going yeah. through a playoff race, like last year, yeah. you know, if, if you're not playing well, you're not going to play. And, and he yeah. struggled enough or it just wasn't in the cards anymore. And at no, at no point did anybody give up on him. And we know the power, yeah. we know this, he's just, he's got to smooth some things out and yeah. uh, you know, hopefully, he can make those adjustments, and if he does, then 
you know what? You make that decision that much easier. But if not, you, you know, to me, you still have to have that covered. You can't go into spring training with that being um, your number one number one option to me. Yeah, you went you went you went through a, a variation of that yourself. I mean, you come up, and you just rake in the first two months like he did. You're on the cover of SI. The teams that you know figure out what your weakness is, they pound you on it. I mean, you could probably relate with with exactly what he went through, right? Oh, for sure. If you look at the last three weeks of my season in 2005, you know, I yeah. struggled into the playoffs um, right. because, you know, guys were figuring some stuff out. And the first three weeks of 2006, man, I got off to the worst start. I think I was like two for 26 that first road trip out west. Yeah. I told people, I couldn't hit water if I thought of a boat, you know, uh -huh. starting to that thing. But then, but then all of a sudden, slowly, you know, things start to kind of come together and you figure some things out. I remember doing some stuff with TP and, you know, next thing you know, you make an adjustment back. And I think that's what he's got to do. He's got to find a way to make an adjustment back. And to me, the yeah. biggest difference for him is he was stuck in between the fastball and the, and yeah. the slider. Yes. He, he got yeah, to where he didn't want to swing it yeah. any bad. He, he didn't get to the point where he wanted to swing at any bad pitches. So he was making sure he saw the ball. But then what happened was, was the fastball was beating him. Yep. And then when he did get a good, when he did finally see a slider, he was out yeah. front of it, you know? And so I said, it was kind of one of those things he's, in between, I think he's a good enough player, and I think he's good enough talent that he can make those adjustments. But like I said, I don't think he can bank on it. Yeah. I think he could benefit with a little spring training uh, a week or so, or so with with, uh, with Chipper like Dansby had. <laughs> I think it'd be great. Absolutely. Yeah. Good, make Larry do something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of the uh, coaching, uh, how about you got? It's got to be a great sign that the Braves were able to keep this entire coaching staff together, including Wash. To me, this is as good a coaching staff as there is in the majors. It is. And I, you know, I was pulling for Wash, man. And I, I yeah. still am holding out hope that Wash gets another chance. I think he deserves it. Right. But, but for, at the, for the Braves, time, I selfishly. Think for us, selfishly, yes. I mean, we have yeah, such a yeah. good staff. They get along so good. And you know what's funny is you talk to other teams, other teams' players, they're also jealous of our coaching staff. Because yeah. in this day and age, with all the analytics and different things, right. I mean, you get some coaches that literally, you know, they don't exactly connect with the players well wash right. ey right. walt these guys connect with the players they're players man they're managers they're they get the game they know how hard it is and i think you know to get all those guys back is going to be awesome cranny coming back you know just the stability of that is a huge thing too because yeah. it's nice for the players when you go to spring training to know all the coaches you were with again it's nothing new you get down there it's like all right let's get back to work guys you know and then you go and you and you got to think Freddie, after finally getting all that shit removed from his elbow. I mean, there was not just one bone spur. There were multiple bone spurs and like no, three yeah, loose bodies that he got moved out of there. There removed. was a lot. And I think he'll, yeah. And I think he'll be good to go once, once, uh, you know, everything gets out, take rest. I, it's like, I told someone, I don't care if Freddie does anything for the next four months, just don't yeah. do anything. Get, yeah. get your arm healthy and get down to spring training and, you know, uh, that guy will be ready March 26 in Arizona. I, I don't have an issue with that. I just don't want him to hurt it do anything else. <laughs> it's a shame um, because he's finally having that MVP year that we've all talked about, that 40 home run season yep. before, uh, before that started barking. I'm excited to yeah, see him play with a chip on his shoulder a little bit. Yeah. I want to see what he does when he's a yeah, little pissed off. Nice. After getting yeah, some criticism I, I'd from I'd love to yeah. see that too. Yeah, good. After you getting know, some very maybe unfounded maybe, criticism. Maybe I'll call him out the first game of spring training. We're doing it on Fox. Maybe I'll be like, dude, 
maybe I'll, maybe I'll make a controversy. Is this guy going to be our first baseman this year? We'll be interested to see how spring goes. <laughs> he is getting older. Say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. All right, man. Well, we're going to wrap it up. We really Thank appreciate you, you, uh, all the, all the input. Frenchie It's priceless, man. You did a hell of a job this year in your first full-time gig in the, as the analyst. That's uh that's impressive to be able to do that as quickly as you've adapted well, we need to it. Well, thank you. I, I want to get I want to get Eric down here to do some games with me. I mean, if if to. Moylan if Moylan if Moylan can get on the box, <laughs> come on. How about Moylan <laughs> pitching for the Aussies, man? Maybe the Pull some strings, Jeff. I'm not it doing is. anything. All right. Hey. All right. And, well, that's and, good. Hey, and what do you? What about uh, Murph? Got another chance this week, uh, next weekend. Hall of Fame. God, I hope it happens for him, man. Too. If there's ever been a guy that it's just, just from, and, and I know selfishly you get to know him. I mean, is there a yeah. nicer guy? No, Hell Murphy. Not, you know? no. <laughs> He's and, the and nicest I, guy I, to ever period. play professional sports. <laughs> and when you talk about the air and where you played, when yeah. you look at the guys that've gotten the Hall of Fame, to me, there's yes. no doubt he should be in the Hall of Fame. So hopefully it happens. Yeah, I think what Harold Baines got in, it was like, okay, you got to put Murph in now. Come on, that's man. exactly that's that's I, I didn't want to necessarily call him out, but yep, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. All right, it's been good, man. We'll have to have you again. We really appreciate the Love hour or so that you gave us. All right, and uh, of course, man, that's gonna wrap it up for seven fifty-five. Is real and it's still real. Long live Hank. We are out. Mm-hmm.